And we're off. Mongrel Podcast 24. We're recording on Friday afternoon, so yet to see the Collingwood and Brisbane game. And we'll jump on at the end of this and add a little bit more if, if, Mrs. Mongrel, there's anything worth talking about. Given they're both finals contenders and I suppose Brisbane more than Collingwood, chances are there'll be a, a decent result tonight to get stuck into a few details and we'll uh, get to that at the end of the podcast. But... Before we get there, lots to get through, including your intro this week. No baking, I've noticed, this week. Plenty of threats to bake, um, and some promises to our daughter about chocolate chip cookies. Excuse me, baking isn't just about desserts. I beg your pardon? Did I not also make you a quiche? Alright, I take that And on the same day, did I not also make you some pizza? I was going to ask, what have you been making this week? But uh, pizza and quiche seems to be the answer. I was thinking more making yourself exhausted. I'm making your, um, well, making us a lemon and fennel risotto for dinner tonight. I didn't even know that was a thing. It is, you'll love it. And I haven't given up on the biscuits for our girls yet. But you have been making gelati orders which has been great there's a gelati shop in brunswick that actually delivers to where we live crazy COVID delivery of gelati and uh we've been indulging i'm so good at paying for that yeah you've really been uh going all out on the, on the gelati so we've got good news and bad news this week we were number eight on the chartable apple podcast charts Yay. in the sports news arena and i threw it out to the mongrels and all of a sudden, people jumped on, and we vaulted over the AFL's own footy feed podcast yes. up to number three. Fantastic. In Thank you. face you. people who have media training and also professionals editing. <laughs> yes, that's right. We know which button to push. What does this button do? Oh, no. <laughs> Something just happened. I deleted it all. Oh, no. That's probably not the worst thing. But the biggest thanks goes out to the people of Cambodia. So on this chart, we have actually hit number one. In sports podcasts in Cambodia. Who'd have thunk it after all this time <laughs> that the people of Cambodia were hungry for sport content about AFL produced by two people sitting two under, a, under, a under a loft bed <laughs> who got their equipment from JB Hi-Fi. No discount, I'll add. I shouldn't have mentioned you, JB Hi-Fi. But, you know, people of Cambodia, thank you very much. I reckon it's one guy who accidentally downloaded it twice <laughs> because no one else has a, the equipment over there. I keep saying my buddy just keeps downloading it to boost our numbers. Good. And guys, if you're listening, do that. I don't mind. I'm all about false inflation. Um, I was going to mention Joe Ganino when it comes to false inflation. Aww. but <laughs> Poor maybe, old Joe. Maybe I'll let him go this time. He can uh, do whatever he likes and become erect whichever way he feels. <laughs> I'm like, stop. Um, disturbing news from the park today. We uh, engaged in some exercise together, but alone. Uh, yeah. You went for a walk, and I went to kick the football, and uh, it didn't end well for me at all. When overextending on a drop punt from about, <laughs> let's be honest, about thirty-five meters out, uh, my hamstring decided it wasn't going to cooperate and just uh, strained itself. So, look, I don't want to dwell anymore on the park. I don't want to talk about it anymore. You can speak about whatever you like regarding I, the park. I did pretty well at the park. Mm. Mm. Rhett came over after I I did my little walk and then uh, kicked some goals and took some marks and you were a bit surprised. <laughs> Told you I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I did very well. Yeah, you were pretty impressed with yourself. I was. Uh, there were people playing footy at the other end of the park as well and I believe... You thought that you were outdoing them as well. I was way better than them. I was wa- watching them as I walked past. I was like, you guys are awful, awful. I can kick better than that. That's actually why I came over to you, because I was like, I'm sure I can kick better than that. And I can. And the only reason Did I any of those guys t- hurt their hamstring while they're kicking the ball? I think one of them may have hurt everything. <laughs> oh, good. All right, make me feel better. <laughs> but so- not having to watch our, our daughter while, uh, while I'm... Hanging out with you. Yeah, who'd have thought leaving a four-year-old at home by himself was legal? <gasps> Don't. <laughs> Even nope. the thought of that makes me run cold. She was being babysat, just so you know. Uh, but that was nasty business. I, I don't like to dwell on that. With that nasty business out of the way, let's get on to some other nasty business. 
no, 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 not Joe Ganino. Stop raising your eyebrows at me. (laughs) He can get his uh, pump out later. So the nasty business depends on which part of the country you live in because the AFL Grand Final has venue has been decided and has been awarded to Brisbane on the 24th of October and it's going to be a night game. So you have a wonderful stadium over in Western Australia that can hold 60-odd thousand. Brisbane's Gabba holds, oh, let's just say they're probably going to get thirty or 35,000 there. It's a pretty old stadium in comparison. Well, the Perth one's only three years old, so everything is basically old in comparison. But I can't help think, but think this is a massive FU to West Australia. And I wanted to get you a take on it because... Western Australia didn't make it very easy for the AFL to host games there initially, or that was my take on it anyway. They, they put a few, fair few roadblocks up and didn't offer the exemptions the AFL wanted. Now, Queensland made it really easy, as, as easy as you can in a, in a pandemic, I suppose. And it looks as though the AFL has rewarded them. I have no problem with that, to be honest. But the backup... To this, uh, to this game was announced as Adelaide. So it wasn't like, thanks, thanks Perth. You've got the best stadium, perfect for a night game. So it comes into, you know, you can start it at 6.30 and it comes into Melbourne at 8.30. Fantastic for ratings. But uh, thanks for nothing. We're going to go with you as a third option. What do you reckon about this? I hate to say this, but I am just as petty as the AFL. So on one hand, I understand... On the other hand, I think everything should be held in Western Australia. I'm a bit in love with Western Australia. I don't really know anything about Brisbane. I've been there once. Yeah, I, I was, I was there once and just kind of meandered around. It felt like it felt like Melbourne on a weekend in yeah, the middle of the day. So, yeah. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, it just was a little bit more relaxed and a little bit... A little bit slower in terms of pace and stuff, and I'm sure I there's. Point out when I went to Brisbane, it was a very long time ago, so things yeah. have probably changed dramatically. But I mean, why is Adelaide the backup? Well, they've got a beautiful old oval there, and they've got basically no COVID cases either, so they're a little bit more welcoming, I think, with their their border restrictions and stuff, or have been. And the AFL has... I actually do think it's a real F in Western Australia. So do I. It seems very um, petty and... There's been some great passive-aggressive statements and tweets by West Australian politicians who are clearly pissed that this has happened. Uh, one, one of their MPs has come out and basically said, oh, the AFL just basically tr- tries to screw Western Australia. It's on their agenda. First thing they try and do, screw Western Australia. Um, we've spoken about Vic Bias on here. It's very difficult to call it Vic bias when Queensland is the state benefiting because nothing benefits Victoria. We're, we're absolutely, we're, we're rat shit at the moment. It's <laughs> a very good way of uh, describing it. Yeah, us. we can't do anything right at the moment. So nothing benefits Victoria. If, if anything, it's Queensland bias. But it does seem to me that as though there's a little bit of anti-West Australia bias. So West Australia, we actually feel for you at the moment. What does it mean for the competition? Well, had the grand final or the majority of the finals been played in Western Australia, you really would have started thinking, hey, West Coast is a big chance here. Playing in the dry, you know, up in Queensland. They won last week. They lost to Richmond and they won against Essendon. But they weren't really that convincing against Essendon. They started well and then Essendon kind of pegged them back a little bit. It was level pegging for most of the game after that. Richmond are 12-0 in Queensland in their last 12 games. And I'm like, wow, this actually really sets them up well. They won the other night against Fremantle. Shocking game. Shocking game to watch. But they have to be sitting right up there with Brisbane in terms of favouritism at the moment. West Coast will have to do it the hard way. The conditions don't suit them at all. They've fallen over to Richmond, Brisbane and Port Adelaide up there. So basically, three of the top four at the moment. And they're the teams that are going to have to play in the finals, obviously. They've got St Kilda coming up, which you'll be excited about. This will be the test. St Kilda are... Look, I know Radley's a big fan. You've been swayed over to their side. I genuinely believe that they'll finish between 7th and ninth 
right? So they may make the finals, they may just drop out. But they're still a contender. And West Coast has to play them next week. Can I just say, I love how Radley's just now... He's part of, he's <laughs> he's part of the Marvel family. His... He gets... He's been very vocal and buddy. very supportive. He's uh, He's got you on side, which, you know, I'm, I, I kind of oscillate between whether that's a good thing or bad thing. I don't mind that because when Hawthorne and St Kilda play... There's some genuine angst in our house. It might be a bit of a, well, a just, kerfuffle. When are they going to play? Yeah, good question. Yeah, I'll you just could, yell at everything. You could probably look that up. I think we actually play in the next few weeks. So, Radley, well done. You've swayed Mrs. Mungrel until you start losing, and then she jumps right <laughs> off. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Really? Because I still, I still have a bit of a soft spot for Melbourne now. Well, anyway, speaking, of, speaking of soft, Melbourne. Oh, stop. Uh, You're hurting me basically screwed up their their season last night losing to Sydney so didn't look like it Melbourne and I don't know I, I, would, I actually feel sorry for, for Melbourne fans given what that team is capable of and what they actually produce on a weekly basis anyway Brisbane is the obvious threat this year the the final series and stuff will be con- conducted in their home state for the most part the grand finals up there they're looking at a minimum prelim final berth so they're going to get down to the final four you'd think and you just kind of feel this season is set up for them to take it home people say oh there's an asterisk on the season and so on and so forth but that's bullshit everybody's everybody's still playing football you're still you're still up there in the hub you're playing football you're playing against other teams in the hub nobody's you know in the lap of luxury up there having the, the best time ever although it's probably better than where we are at the moment and the, the result of it all is the AFL had to make a sweetheart deal with the MCC in the end. So they had to add another year to their thousand-year deal with the MCG, give them more games next year, and add a year on to their, their existing deal. Plus they get to host the next two, of the next two of the three drafts as well. So I actually don't know what, what that does. Maybe it helps with their catering business or whatever. But uh, they've... They've had to compensate the MCG, and we've talked about why the AFL is indebted to the MCG before, with being the only 100,000-seat stadium around. The AFL couldn't build another stadium to match it because the MCC would be pissed off at them. So, Soft. Yeah. yeah, very soft. I don't like this deal. I don't like most things about the MCG, except for the fact it's a bloody great place to watch footy. <laughs> so, um, So last night... We had a couple of Richmond players uh, step out of line in terms of the COVID restrictions and the hubs up in Queensland. Young Mr. Sydney Stack and Callum Coleman-Jones decided they wanted to go to a strip joint. Uh, or, oh, sorry, at least outside a strip joint. Cause that's they, where the incident um, took place. Are they important players to their team? I was going to go through this, actually. Oh, yeah. sorry. Well done. It was a good segue. <laughs> so the footage has, has come out about it. It looks as though they weren't the instigators of the incident. They went and bought a couple of kebabs. They were sitting down eating them. Because at 3.30 in the morning, you know you're not getting anywhere with any uh, any person of the opposite sex. It's time to go get a kebab, right? <laughs> yeah, so, so off they went, got their kebabs, they're sitting down and eating, and it looks like a guy has a crack at them several times. So... It would look like it was retaliatory to me, but I, I don't think that's the actual point. It's not the, the point at all. The point is, is that they were in a hub and they've buggered off to go, to go at least to the outside of a strip club. Um, like to get a kebab. Exactly. I was really wanting a kebab. Hey, there's one at this strip place that I don't know anything about. Let's go. So, uh, yeah, Stack is borderline best 22. So if we're looking at Richmond's list, you'd say he's probably in about the 24th to 28th best player bracket. He looked like he was going to be a mainstay in their team, you know, last year. And this year he hasn't really produced that same form. So he's dropped down in the pecking order. Uh, Coleman Jones is probably closer to your 28 to 32nd best player. So they're not the sort of players that will get a Guernsey at the moment unless there's significant injury on that team. Not a great loss. It's their second infringement, Richmond, after the Brook Cochin Day Spa disaster. Mm. They're looking at about a hundred grand in fines. Dare I say, if you were that far down on the list of players, you shouldn't be up at three AM, you should be sleeping, and you shouldn't be just chowing down on random kebabs. You should be making sure you're eating properly. Apparently this kebab place Dumb very asses. well known. 
very well known in this kebab place. Look, I love a good kebab, but I'm also not paid to be athletic, which is a very good thing. Well, you and me both. Jeez. <laughs> Reserve me a hospital bed. Uh, so in their defense, Coleman Jones is 21, right? Stack is 20. They're both young and they're both dumb. Yeah, but that's not an excuse. Young and dumb, honestly, not an excuse at this point. How many... Do you think the Richmond players would have been absolutely slammed over the Cochin incident? And considering what's going on, told, you be careful. Do not do this. Do not do this. Do not I read on, I read up. just recently, right before we came in and started this, that there was only one senior figure at the place that they were staying at. So the Richmond team isn't all hubbing together. So it's not they're not all holed up in one space. And where Coleman Jones and Stack were hanging out, there's only one senior figure. It looked to me as though, or it read as though, they thought they could get away with this. This is and, the stupidest thing ever. Why are they not having multiple senior people <laughs> right there with them? If you need a babysitter, you need a babysitter. Is, the thing is, Stack had a couple of marks against his name before Richmond picked him up. He's... Mm, put this delicately his character was called in into question uh in terms of recruiting right so there were some question marks over whether or not teams wanted to recruit him richmond took a gamble and he paid dividends last year he was fantastic now this really sets him back and i'd be very interested to see how the club handles this i i think they they basically put their arms around him and coleman jones and it's a lesson learned, but it's a very, very costly lesson learned. $100,000 is mooted to be the penalty. For the two of them. And that comes out of the soft cap for next year. The soft so cap... put put the Cochin one on top of that. Well, the Cochin one, I think, was half suspended. Right. So I'm not sure whether that that is now made live as well. So sorry, what, what's the soft cap? The soft cap is the football department. So it's not the players. It's not the salary cap. This is your administrators, all that sort of stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, so someone will lose their job. That's terrible. That should come out of the players. Now, this is where the leadership group sits them down and says, what you've done is you've cost someone at this club their job next year. Oh, my God. So, you know, neck up, basically, and do your job or GTFO. That's really awful, actually. I didn't realise that. So the media are really baying for blood here. They they want them sent home uh, as the the absolute I can imagine minimum. Imagine the Queenslanders want them sent home. Ah, uh, the premier has ridiculous. made a statement. So the Queensland premier has made a statement. I think it was a, a tweet actually stating that. <laughs> <laughs> that sorry, like, tweet. Okay, that's yep, how they sorry. do it these days. Like they're Clearly. learning from Trump. They're like, yeah, he can do it. Uh, so basically stating the AFL needs to handle this in the right way and make the right decisions about the punishment. And I can't see, I can't see those boys hanging around in Queensland for much longer at all. I think they'll be sent home. The suspension will probably last the end of the end of the season. And yeah, what's the point of having them there? Honestly, I'm, not sure. I'm just now horrified that that money comes out of yeah administration. So really, the boys went out. They really want to talk up with the stripper. Obviously, didn't work. Got a kebab. And uh, got in a fight. So, yeah, very, very silly. Just, you know what? Take care of yourself, guys. <laughs> I mean, what oh, on just earth? Just go and hang out with each other in the shower. It's basically what they what you do when you go to a strip club. What's that? You know, stand around with a sit around with a bunch of blokes and watch naked ladies together. It's a bit of a it's a bonding moment. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> That's what we're calling it. That's what we called it, yep. <laughs> Speaking of calling it, the Hawks uh, fell to the Crows. Late. Yeah, I was pretty angry. Yeah, you're angry because of your tipping. I'm angry because it's my shit team. So I've been, yeah. I've been looking at the Hawks and they're in, they're in awful trouble here. Clarkson came out this morning, I think, and said, we're not that far away. Losing to the team that hasn't won a game all year... That's pretty far away. I don't think you can get further away unless you were that team who hadn't won all year. So they lost to Adelaide. I'm looking at their their list. If the season ended right now, they get pick three. But if Adelaide are able to move Brad Crouch on somewhere, I'm not sure if he wants to go or whether he will go. There could be a compensation pick for Adelaide as well. So they might end up with picks one and two. 
drops Hawthorne down to number four, assuming they don't win any more games, which they probably will because, you know, why lose properly when you can half-ass lose and get a middle-of-the-range <laughs> draft pick? Uh, I'm looking at who they trade. The only person there I can actually see people being interested in is Isaac Smith, who will have a bit of value, and people want that uh, that outside runner. I can't see anybody giving up more than a second rounder for him, though. Do they go after a free agent or an out-of-contract player? Will Brody would be really, really good to have. The way the Hawks are going... They'll end up with Rory Atkins from bloody Adelaide, and he'll just run around getting very little of the ball, and we've already got players like Tom Scully that does that. This season was a very big gamble for Hawthorne. Clarkson's been pretty strong about the compromised draft, and I have to agree with him. There's so many picks that go through father and son rules, or through the Queensland and New South Wales academies, uh, the Tasmanian Academy for North Melbourne, so... So what happens is if you've got pick four and you want to draft a certain kid and you say, yes, we're gonna, we'd like to put a bid on him, we want this kid, whoever's got him in their academy can actually say, oh, we're going to take him with our next pick. So they then jump up the draft order to that point and take him. What a crap. So <laughs> it's not great. I thought that the draft has compromised for a while. I actually really like the father and son rule. I think that's something that should be continued. I'm not really sure how to work the the academy stuff because it, it's really putting it really makes the, the draft less valuable so the Hawks this year have, they've gambled their future for a taste of success in the present and I understand what they were trying to do they're trying to top up their list with established players but really they've, they haven't gone to the draft that well they're playing guys like Minchington and look I don't want to hang him out to dry but he's the only one I can think of at the moment uh and I just don't see them going anywhere in the near future. With guys like John Patton not really being able to stay on the park, I think he's played six games this year and he's had as many injuries as he has games, they're in an awful way and something needs to be done. So, yep, not that far off it, Clarkson says. I think they're miles off at the moment. So what we've seen over the past 48 hours, Mrs. Mungrel, yep, is a couple of games, and it looked to me as though blokes were buggered right five minutes after the game started. So Richmond versus Fremantle was a horrible game. An absolute shonker of a game. That's a new word, I just made it up. The players <laughs> were stuffed, the skills were down, the game was something you'd kind of... I would make you watch that game as a punishment. If you did something wrong, I'd say, yeah, it has to be something pretty bad. I'd say, right, Mrs. Mungrel, uh, this is game. Remember when you wouldn't cook me those scones? You can't punish me. (laughs) I do what I want. Don't tell me how to live my life. Yeah, such such, such bravado. (laughs) So you really, really had to look for positives in that game. And it turns out that one of them was like Reese Conker, a former Richmond player, doing a defensive job on Dustin Martin. When that's your positive out of the game, I'm like, Jesus, it wasn't much to really get excited about. Richmond looked flat. They looked tired. Luckily, Fremantle also looked flat and tired. It's just that uh, Richmond are better when they're flat and tired than Fremantle when they're flat and tired. So they, they had the short breaks. The whole of breaks. Australia is flat and tired right now. Yeah, but look what happens. I run up, go to run up the park and my hamstring strains. These guys yeah. are out there running around. They, they look like they didn't want to be out there, some of them. Maybe so they didn't. Possibly. want to go home. Then we followed up last night with GWS versus Carlton. Another shocking game. GWS had kicked two goals to three-quarter time. Now, that was inaccuracy, but their skills were terrible as well. So it ended up being GWS poor kicking against Harry Mackay's poor kicking. They couldn't, couldn't hit the scoreboard at all. Took till the last quarter. They finally kicked four goals and ran over Carlton to win. I was like, wow, these guys are just... They're just basically running up and down on the spot. It took some supreme efforts towards the end to to get GWS over the line. Cripps form, Paddy Cripps, not good at the moment. He'd have to be a real worry for Carlton. Uh, looks like he needs a rest. Looks like he reads a, needs a real break. He's been carrying that team for for quite a while. He had Matt DeBoer on him for... Well, it was like a half tag. He He wasn't really knuckling down on him he wasn't on him at every every second or anything like sometimes he does it was looking like he would start at half forward or half back 
they'd have the bounce in the middle and then he'd go to him after that. So Cripps was still able to contest stoppages largely unimpeded, but then he'd have uh, he'd have the ball come on and keep him company for the rest of the rest of the passage after that. This is Gabrossi's team, isn't it? At three quarter time, Gabrossi messaged uh, messages in the mongrel chat and basically said, "How can Carlton cock this one up? Let's see." And I'm oh, like, no. "Wow, just like this, fantastic." <laughs> So I reckon the last quarter might wallpaper over some of the GWS shortcomings. They're inaccurate, yes, but two goals in three quarters and a huge gap between their best and worst. It doesn't bode well when they start playing the top teams. So you can't have three quarters off against Richmond. You can't have three quarters off against Port Adelaide. You have to be on for the whole time. And GWS are are not playing that way at the moment. Their best is still really, really good, but their worst is, is shocking. So there's been some re-signings over the last week. Charlie Dixon. Yeah, I like him. He re-signed for two years, about a day and a half after the Adelaide, one of the Adelaide football directors and Channel 7 commentators said that he should pro- he'll probably look elsewhere. You know, he'll look elsewhere for his contract. I'm like, hmm, that guy doesn't know anything. They know about as much as me. <laughs> yeah, that was Mark Rusciuto, by the way. Jack Steele, cool name. Great name. Has re-signed with St Kilda for two years. That's a huge signing. He's playing his career career best footy, looking like a million bucks there, and is one of the big reasons St Kilda are better this year. So, Curtis Taylor at North Melbourne. Don't underestimate this one. He's a, one of the young kids, very highly skilled young bloke. You look at a team like Gold Coast, and you get all these young kids starting to recommit to the club, and all of a sudden it's uplifting. People are like, oh, wow, okay, we're they going somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So North Melbourne had a shocking year. Really, really poor. And to get Curtis Taylor to go, yeah, I want to be part of this. I want to be part of this rebuild. I want to be part of this team going forward. That's an actual real positive for North Melbourne out of a a year that hasn't been positive at all. And we're going to talk about them a bit more in a second. The final one I'll, I'll touch on is a bloke called Josh Walker. So he was picked up from Brisbane. And it looked as though he was thrown a lifeline by North Melbourne in the last season. And he's just been re-signed as well. So he's been fantastic for them this year. And I'll talk about him a bit later. Speaking of North Melbourne... They've stated only four players are untradeable at the moment. So those players are Ben Cunnington. Of course. Yes, well, why no would one, you... No one would get rid of Cunnington. No, why would you trade a name like that? <laughs> Jack Zebel, who's their captain. Oh. Sean Higgins and our, our old friend Todd Goldstein. The Todd. The Todd. They're not getting rid of the Todd. You can't get rid of the Todd. So this statement actually raised a few eyebrows in the AFL community, but there's actually a fair bit of sense to it if you think about it. So they're all 30-plus, these guys. So to trade these guys away, you're not going to get value for them. They're worth more to the team than they are on the trade table. And with with any rebuild, you're going to want some old heads there to basically help the young kids out to grow. What was really interesting is that Ben Brown wasn't on that list. So he's out of contract into this year, has had a really poor year. He's probably going to be looking for a three to four year deal to solidify his place in the game and financially secure his future. But given the year he's had, North Melbourne are probably looking at him going, I'm not sure he's going to be part of our next premiership. Uh, do we hold on to him? Do we get rid of him? He's already been, his name's been thrown around with multiple teams who need a good forward. My question to you, Mrs. Mungrel. Is he a good forward? Is he a good forward at the he moment? He was a good forward. Well, yeah, this what year. What delayed the, the fancy pants medal for lots of kicking? <laughs> There's a new award in the <laughs> AFL. The Fancy Pants the Fancy Pants Award for a lot of kicking yeah. uh, was a Ben Brown special up yeah. until this year. So he's the only player in the league for the for the three years prior who would kick 60-plus goals Won each year. One by James Cameron, I believe. What? <laughs> James Cameron, the director of Avatar. Jeremy Cameron? Thank you very Jeremy much. Jeremy Cameron. Yes. I was almost there. He did win it last year. Well done. Thank you. He won't be winning it this year. Uh, importantly, guys like Jai Simkin, who North Melbourne fans absolutely love, not on that list. Jared Polek and Jasper Pittard both picked up last season, not on the list either. Surely they keep Sim- Simkin and they actually just forgot to put him on that list because if they are looking to trade him, there will be multiple teams that put their hand up and go, oh, hey, I saw Jai Simkin wasn't on the list. We're happy to sling you a first rounder for him. Is this um, like... Oh. Hawthorne, if you're listening, far out. <laughs> Is this like a weird management strategy? It's basically Marketing a rebuild. Or... 
It's a rebuild. Right. No, but what, when they're saying we're going to get rid of everybody except these guys, everybody's no, no, on the no, table. I know they're not the getting table. rid of them. Everybody's yeah. on the table. Well, we're going to just... Is it a weird motivation thing? Is it? I don't know. I'm asking you. You're, you're about weird motivations. I am, but <laughs> obviously none of them ever work. Yeah, well, maybe I won't ask you. <laughs> so North Melbourne are obviously conceding now and going, okay, we need to rebuild. Let's go back to the young kids and see what we can produce. They, they do have some really good kids. They've been smashed with injury this year. And look, I don't think they'll be the worst next year. I really don't. I didn't think they'd be this bad this year, to be honest, but I don't think they'll be the worst next year. Mrs. Mungrel? Yes. Have you known much about the recruits this year? No. No, I didn't think so. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll help you out with was it. That, what was I supposed to look up here? Well, I do send you the notes. Yeah, but I don't read them. That's right. It's like me with anything that work sends me. You get what you pay for. Did you do the pre-reading? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that there'd be five players in the Recruit of the Year. If they will given out an award called the Recruit of the Year, there'd be five players I'd be looking at right now. One would be Dan Butler. My right. man, Dan Butler. Yeah. yeah, your man, Dan Butler. Yep. 14 games. It's been the difference in plenty of games. He's got 24 goals. Has given St Kilda the pressure in the forward 50 that they basically needed and didn't know they actually needed. They've had guys like Jade Gresham there and Jack Billings playing the role. And Dan Butler's come in from Richmond and gone, no, 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 guys. Let me show you how to apply pressure close to goal. And he's basically made a huge difference to that team. He's been such a great find. He's had a couple of quiet ones along the way, but you expect that from a, a small forward kind of guy. Oh, You do. You make I'm... him sound adorable. Okay. Well, he's got that weird hairdo. He looks like he a bit does. of a skunk. He looks like Flower from Bambi. What? Skunk. The skunk. <laughs> oh, Flower. The... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we have been watching Bambi recently. Not, not highly recommended, by the way. Bloody terrible. It's, anyway. no, it's no Tangled the series. <laughs> Let me tell you that. <laughs> Hugh Greenwood. Or as we, we know him. Green McLuggage. Hugh Green McLuggage. Perfect recruit for the Suns this year. In the in the table of highest tackles of the year, he's 23 above the next best player. So he's far away the best. Um, stop, you're waiting for me to say best tackle. I'm not saying anything. Oh, I was yeah. trying so hard to keep a straight face and it just wasn't working. So what he does, his job, and don't laugh. Okay. Okay, I got this. His job is to win the hardball. Oh, her eyes are rolling back in her head. <laughs> it's so an good. exorcist moment. <laughs> so basically, he goes in there at the, at, the, at the bounce and gets his hands on the 41st, right? You thought I was going to say on the ball. <laughs> yeah, you're preempting it. And his job is to extract it and get it out of there quickly, right? He does that fa- fantastically. But if the other team gets it, he's all over him like a rash. So he basically tackles him down... And unlike basically every person that was on Gold Coast last year, when he tackles someone, they stay tackled. He's the tackle-rash. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to move on <laughs> to Jack Martin at Carlton. So at one stage, I thought he could have been the best small forward in the game this year. Uh, he's tapered off since then, evidently. But he's played 13 games, kicked 12 goals. He's fourth in tackles in the club. And he's third in score involvements at the club. Had a fantastic first year at Carlton. Uh, Bob's up at important moments and stuff as well, so really been impressed with his output. Josh Walker, I mentioned before, he's been a Mr. Fixit for North Melbourne, and they've need plenty. They've needed plenty of fixing this year as well. So he's played 14 games, played forward, played back, takes contested marks, spoils. He's third in intercepts, and has thoroughly earned his contract extension. So wish him all the best. And though he might have been the highest profile recruit of the off-season, Tim Kelly has come into his own in the second half of the season. 14 games, over 20 touches a game. Those numbers are down on what he was doing at Geelong. But I've long thought that he doesn't have to do what he did at Geelong at West Coast. There's plenty more support around him at West Coast that does those sort of things. So all he needs to do is bob up here and there, and he'll have plenty of impact. Some people have been a bit down on him. At times, not me. I think he's doing a great job. And I think we'll probably see the best of him in the coming four to six weeks. Finals I thought time. you were going to say years. Well, maybe we will. This is rubbish. Bottom five recruits. John Patton at Hawthorne. Oh, I feel bad about doing the bottom 
bottom ones. I don't because mm. there's always room to improve, right? They can yeah. get better. But we're going on record. We're not going on personal opinion of their face or personality or anything like that. Their body shape. It's basically how they've played. <laughs> You're basically telling me everything I uh, everything, talk about. Yeah, basically. It's no good. So John Patton has played six games this year. I think three of them he's gone off injured. Uh, he just can't get a clean run on it. Hawthorne invested in him. And he just can't get his body right. I hope that he can go away, have a really good preseason, and come back in in good shape next year. Because he looks a little bit, I want to say too heavy, but he's not, by no means fat. He's just a big boy. Like, very strong through the hips, very strong across the shoulders. But he does turn like a container ship. So, hoping that he's able to drop, you know, four or five kilos and slim down a bit, take the pressure off his off his legs and... Yeah, easy said than done, though. You know, just hurt yeah, my hamstring, like kicking the ball. So. <laughs> Sam Jacobs at GWS, he was brought in as their new ruckman to help them uh, stem the tide, I suppose, because they were really exposed in the finals last year. And he has been poor. So he's played six games as well. It's been beaten, con- beaten convincingly several times. And is at the moment being rested in favour of Shane Mumford, who, you know, he's at the point in his career where he can barely jump over a piece of paper. Mummy. Big mummy. Fantastic. Yeah. Cam Ellis-Yolman, six, six games, and wasn't in the good books to start the season, was told to go away and get in better shape uh, by his new coach, uh, Uncle Chris, Uncle Chris Fagan. So when you start your, your next, your tenure at a new club, by being told you're not fit enough and you need to go away and do work, not the greatest start. So he was just starting to get a foothold in the team, uh, got injured. He's got six games to his name as well this season. And I actually thought him and Hugh Greenwood were on a par in terms of the impact they'd have at their respective teams. Greenwood has obviously done really, really well. Alice Yolman struggled. So Brad Hill at St Kilda. Now, he hasn't been terrible, but he had the potential to be the best of the St. Kilda recruits. So he was probably their biggest name that they brought in. And there's been too many games where he's had zero impact. He just hasn't been near it. Has done a lot of running for no reward, which is not a good thing. People often say, oh, he does a lot of unrewarded running. But as a winger, your running has to be rewarded because that's your job, to get the ball and distribute it. He hasn't been doing that. He had his best game of the year last week. So hopefully he's turned the corner. And the last one, Josh Bruce at St Kilda. No, he's not at St Kilda. He's at Western Bulldogs. I he was, was making at St- a pretty pretty mean <laughs> face then. Uh, he was at St Kilda. He's gone to the Western Bulldogs. He's played 13 games. He's had one good game. He kicked six goals. It was actually a very good game. He kicked six goals in that game. For the rest of the season, he's kicked six goals. So in the other 11 games, he's kicked six goals. And he's got six in one. So he looks like a player down on confidence. And I'm not sure he's in their best 22 if they had another guy to come in and replace him. And apparently they don't. They have Josh Shackey. But he kind of looks like he's three quarters interested half the time as well. Anyway, people can uh, jump on and let me know who they think is the best recruit of the year. I've probably left out a couple. Zach Jones at St Kilda has been really, really good. And I acknowledge that. I just wanted to mix it up a little bit in the in the top five so yeah sorry zach and zach fans do you know who zach jones is mrs mongrel no oh he's bald he's a baldy is he yeah that's nice so uh you'd like him so mrs mongrel i have to hand over to you you've uh got an an addition yeah i've been too busy i don't i don't like this continuous run of football and it doesn't give you time to reflect oh yeah that too yeah yeah <laughs> I actually thought that you'd really struggle this week because of how many buys there were. Yes, that is why I struggled. So given you the copious Clearly. amounts of football that you watch, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you weren't able to, to really dissect the games and and pick out star players that deserved recognition in your team of all-stars. That's That's very true. And sometimes I will say, hey, who was that guy? But they're already off the screen and you're not... You're not able to tell me. But I did manage to point someone out to you this week. You were great. You actually started saying, hey, hey, come over here, quick, 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 quick. Well, the first one was to show you some mountains in the background. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
up, at, up in Cairns, I was like, hey, look at these great mountains up here. And I was like, they are very nice. Yeah, Thank you. Looks really good. Can I just say how much I appreciate the way you sort of try very hard to involve me? Yeah, and I appreciate <laughs> the way you humor me when I attempt to involve you. <laughs> yes, but you, you showed me, you said, come over here and watch this. And I'm thinking, oh, some guy's just done something that I'm not going to find that impressive. But no, something very impressive happened. And? And it was to do with Melbourne, is that correct? Second week in a row. Second week in a row. Saw some underwear. And the most impressive part? What? Was it red and blue? Oh, no, no that was last that was, week. Last week was red and blue. Oh. This was not as impressive, but... This, this was no Nathan Jones underwear. No. He's Whose underwear was it this time? Bailey Fritch. Bailey Fritch. Letting it all hang out. Love it. Or that parts of it anyway. It was hilarious. Yep. I don't know why I am stuck with this five-year-old mentality where somebody being dacked is hilarious, but it is. I don't care how old you are. Someone being dacked is always hilarious. <laughs> Our daughter at the moment <laughs> takes great delight in walking up behind me when I'm in the kitchen and just pulling my pants down. <laughs> and even when they're done up, she struggles with them and she'll fight. I'm waiting for her to bite me. Anyway... So, uh, any position for this guy, or...? No, I've, I haven't done any good positions. I feel what about like centre-half they... bench? Is that a, is that a I position? that's where I might be on at yeah. the moment. Maybe Benched. I'll be on the centre-half yeah. psychologist bench. Well, you know, I don't, I don't want to ruin my all-stars with some low-grade position-making. I need to make this And And you proper. don't want to be just be throwing anyone in there because, yeah, they they just played on the weekend, and six teams are missing this week. They could have had the person... That was going to make your all-star team. I'm waiting for someone to get their actual jumper ripped off. I think I'll say they had their jocks pulled down. (laughs) (laughs) Any AFL players listening to this? Mrs. Mungrel, right onto it. If you're going to tackle someone, rip their pants off, you make her team. (laughs) And so do they. So it's a double whammy. Oh no, the images that the listeners must have. So Bailey they must have of me. Yeah, well, it's not not that far from the truth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one more thing I want to touch on before we uh, have a bit of a break and I go away and watch Collingwood and Brisbane. Uh, we've got a, a real battle for the All-Australian centre-half back going on at the moment. And you roll your eyes because you don't give a shit about it, but I do. This is true. <laughs> so after our All-Australian mongrel team, we did it in round 12 or just after round 12, we had Darcy Moore relegated. So I voted him as centre-half back in my team and I was outvoted by... The rest of the mongrels who preferred Jacob Wiedering's season, and they also preferred Braden Maynard, uh, slow, slow Scott Pendlebury. You know that yeah. one, yeah. So Scott Pendlebury's slow cousin. So, <laughs> so we, uh, I, you know, I was outvoted. So Maynard made the team and com- completely fine with that, but Moore didn't. And I'm like, wow, that was actually, I have him as almost a lock in my team. I think he's been fantastic. Since then, both guys have been. Absolutely fantastic. But I don't think you can have both in the team. I really think it's one or the other. So you've got Luke Ryan and Nick Haynes on your halfback flanks. You're nodding, yes? yes oh, yeah, Com- complete agreement with mm-hmm. you. Good, good. I'm glad mm-hmm. we're of an accord. Then you've got Braden Maynard, Harris Andrews, and I really want to have Brad Shepard in the back pocket. So that gives you six. Actually, that gives you five. I can't count. Then you've got to pick one of Weedering and more as your centre-half back. Weedering just held Jeremy Cameron goalless yesterday. And I'm like, shit, that actually is such a feather in his cap this year. He's had some big jobs. I'm going to update this after tonight because Darcy Moore will play on one of the, the Brisbane Talls. If he absolutely towels them up, then that kind of puts him right back in the mix again. I had him best on ground in both round 13 and round 14. So since being left out of the team, he's responded with... He must have took it personally. I'm waiting for a message from him going, hey, HB Myers, you prick. You left me out of the rolling All-Australian team. Watch this. And he's been uh, best on ground two weeks in a row. If he does it again, I'm like, ooh, how could you possibly leave him out? The other mongrels may find a way, but for me, he's still at that centre-half back position, but Jacob Wiedering's really pushing hard. There's still the bench in the All-Australian team. Someone might put them on there and 
or put one of them on there. And I'm thinking, gee, it must, it's been a really good year when you've got a guy like Stephen May at Melbourne, who's been so good all year, and he's not being spoken about in terms of All-Australian selection. So I might leave it there, and I'll jump back on after our Brisbane and Collingwood viewing. And Mrs. Mungrel, thank you as always. My pleasure. Really, was it? No, never. No, not at all. It's a real chore for you, I can tell. <laughs> but <laughs> People in Cambodia, thank you yeah. very much. You're the best. And mongrels in general. Uh, mongrels in general. Mongrels in general do a wonderful job, and we yeah. really appreciate you guys. So uh, thanks for listening, and hopefully we get a good game tonight. Righto, we've jumped back on just after the Brisbane-Collingwood game finished a couple of seconds ago. Mrs. Mungrel has her eyes closed at the moment. Still looking lovely, I have to say. Yeah, I'm pretty tired. You keep buttering me up. Mmm, okay. <laughs> I was just saying that the mention of butter, actually. <laughs> Who knows what we can get Shocking. up to. Uh, quick rundown of that game. Pendlebury, massive first half, had 17 first half touches. Unfortunately, he threw it in the last minute and got caught. It was Collingwood's probably last shot to win it. Jared Lyons, really great. Uh... Such an underrated player for Brisbane. All the attention goes to Lockie Neal, who was pretty good as it was. But, uh, yeah, Jared Lyons, really, really tough in the clinches. Liked his work immensely. Issues I noticed during the game was Darcy Moore gave Eric Hipwood a heap of room early on. He's lucky that Hipwood can't kick because he could have had three goals on him relatively early in the piece. He seemed like he wanted to zone off and make Brisbane pay if they kicked errantly, but they were actually going to Hipwood, and yeah, Moore was moved back into, oh sorry, moved forward into the forward line, amazingly. <laughs> he was moved forward into defence. No, he was moved forward into the forward line uh, to give the Collingwood forward line some sort of bite, and did that on a couple occasions. It was his hard work that led to a Mason Cox goal late in the in the piece there, but didn't take any marks or anything like that. Brody Grundy, nowhere near the player he was last season. Uh, Oscar McInerney probably had the better of him for three quarters in this one. He's playing like a bloke, Grundy, who just signed a long-term deal. And he's pretty happy with himself. Uh, he kind of... I don't, I don't know whether he got a kick in the butt at three-quarter time, a, a verbal one. Oh. Yeah, don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> and he really lifted his game. Last year, he had 20-plus disposals 16 times. I understand there's a you know a reduced game time this year, but he's done it twice this year. So that's a huge drop off from him. He's not winning the ball. People used to say that he was like having an extra midfielder in there, and that's why Collingwood's midfield was so good, but this year he's not doing that at all. And in this one the Brisbane Lions rove to his taps plenty of times. Also, he's had twelve or under touches six times this year. So not great. And uh for someone who is as good as him, he's not playing up to the level that people have expected from him. Harris Andrews got injured, done his hamstring. That's usually about a three-week injury, so his season is now over until the finals. Yeah, I don't know how that makes the or how that affects the All-Australian lineup, but I think he's done enough to to maintain his spot. Definitely, he's your All-Australian fullback. Braden Maynard got hurt. Had a bit of a dust-up with uh, Mitch Robinson, which is always nice to see. Those two are going at each other. Daniel McStay, he's an absolute disaster at forward. Sometimes I wish he'd Daniel McGo. Seriously, he's... Yeah, thanks. It's it's late. Um, He dropped... I I counted three uncontested marks in this one. He was moved to defence to cover the absence of Harris Andrews. And I reckon to try and get him involved, he was just horrible every time Brisbane went to him he cocked it up so you can't carry guys like that in in finals and I reckon you get found out when you do so McStay he he's been a bit of a a whipping boy for me personally like when I see him on a Friday night no when you're not even listening now are you no No. (laughs) (laughs) hopefully someone else is um so yeah he's been a bit of a whipping boy in my eyes for a while he did nothing to really improve that standing tonight. Jaden Stevenson, I don't know what has gone on with him. I know he had glandular fever before the season started, and he was atrocious tonight up forward. Had to be moved to half back to get a touch. Hadn't had a kick at three-quarter time. Had four handballs. 
and the big O in the ruck had had 10 contested possessions at three-quarter time and was looking like the best ruckman on the ground. That's it for that game. Are you happy? Yes. All right, coming up this week, there's only a few I'm really looking forward to. Geelong and Essendon should be great fun. Uh, Essendon can run. They can run. It's one thing they can do. Geelong's defense is fantastic, and if uh, they're not at 100%, eh, I'd like to see what happens if Essendon can get a bit of a run on. Uh, the Dogs and the Eagles will be fantastic. It will really test the West Coast resolve in the hub in Queensland. The Dogs need this to make the eight. If they don't, they're in big trouble. The Eagles heard a bit of a rumor that they're going to be resting Nick Nat. So that will be interesting because if there was one team where he would ha- have an absolute field day, I reckon it would be against the Bulldogs where they start throwing their midfielders into the ruck. And then we're back for the Lions and the Suns, the Queensland Derby on... Well, it's one of these days. You know, <laughs> who knows? That should be pretty good too, considering the the Suns coming off a win. They'll be happy campers. And uh, the Lions looking like genuine contenders. So, Mrs. Mungrel... Did you talk about St Kilda then? I can if you want. Yeah. Well, St Kilda, something, 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 need to win. That was rubbish. Now talk about Melbourne. Melbourne, they're screwed. They're done. Now, St Kilda definitely need to win this. Are they playing this weekend? You don't even know, do you? No. Well, they've basically got a win from now on because they've dropped the last two. We spoke about it last week. And if they don't start picking up probably two wins in the next three games, they're in a bit of trouble. Mm. How's that, Mrs. Mungrel? Mm. You happy? You want to finish this up and so you can run off to bed? Yes. Yes. Is that an invitation? No. Part of the course there. All right, guys, we'll finish up and we'll catch you at the conclusion of round... 16? Yes. Is it? Yeah, three rounds to go. Are you sure it's round 16? It's round 15, just finished right now. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Incredible stuff. Okay. Oh, and last thing, Darcy Moore did not play a great game in defence. Jacob Wiedering might be creeping up on him. Oh, he might take over that centre-half back spot in the All-Australian team. The Weeder. The Wee Man. Oh, look out. Well, who knows what he gets up to in his personal time. It's a, it's a wild place up down the Gold Coast, apparently. Um, yeah. We might finish up and get you to bed. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Good night. Take care, guys.